Chapter Seventeen of Devlin the Barber by B. L. Fargin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. I fetched the Bible, sir, and he took it in his hand and swore a most solemn oath and kissed the book on it that he didn't know the man, that he didn't know the girl, and that he had no more to do with the murder than a babe unborn. Never in my life did I see a man in such a state as he was. "'But, Lemon,' I said, "'how could you come to speak such words? How could you come to know all about the murder hours and hours before it was done?' "'I'll tell you, Fanny,' he said, "'as fur as I know. And if you was to cut me in a thousand pieces, I couldn't tell you more.' "'It ain't to be expected,' I said. "'If there's men in the world,' Lemon went on, "'as can look into the future, Devlin's one of them.' if there's men in the world as can tell you what's going to happen without having anything to do with it theirselves mind devlin's one of em the things he's told me of people is unbelievable but as true as true can be did you take particular notice of the gentleman whose hair i've been just cutting he said to me no says i why should i he's the great mr danebury that all the world's talking of says he is he says i i wonder what brings him to our shop what a charitable man he is what a good good man he is good ain't the word for him says devlin he comes to our shop because it's out of the way all the while i was operating on him he was thinking of a little milliner's girl as he's got an appointment with to-night pretty little phoebe he was saying to hisself as i was cutting his hair what eyes she's got blue and swimming what a skin she's got like satting it is so white and smooth what lips she's got she's a bit of spring just budding pretty little phoebe pretty little phoebe but what was he saying that for i asks he can't be in love with her he's a family man ain't he i should think he was a family man says devlin he's got the most beautiful wife a man could wish for and as good as she's beautiful, and he's got half a dozen blooming children. But that don't prevent his being in love with pretty little Phoebe, and he's got an appointment with her to-night, and what's more, he's going to keep it. I'm putting a true case to you, Fanny, says Lemon, one of many such. I fires up at what Devlin says about such a good man, that is, I used to fire up when things first commenced. I don't dispute with him now. I know it's no use, and that he's always right, and me always wrong. But then I did, and I asks him how dare he talk like that of such a man as Mr. Danebury, as gives money to charities, and talks about being everybody's friend. Oh, you don't believe me, Devlin says. Well, come with me to-night, and we'll just see for ourselves. And I go with him and I see a pretty little girl walking up and down the dark, turning at the bottom of the Langham Hotel. Up and down she walks, up and down, up and down. That must be her, says Devlin. We keep watching a little way off on the other side of the way, where it's darker still than where she's walking and waiting, and presently who should come up to her but the great Mr. Danebury, and he takes her hand and holds it long, and they stand talking and he says something to make her laugh, 
and then he tucks her arm in his and walks off with her what do you think of that devlin asks he's going to take her to a meeting of the missionary society what i think of it makes me melancholy and makes me ask myself can sech things be at another time devlin says i shouldn't wonder if you heard of a big fire tomorrow why do you say that i asks the man who's just gone out devlin answers was thinking of one while i was shampooing him that's all and that was all but sure enough i do read of a big fire tomorrow in a great place of business that's heavily insured and there's lives lost and dreadful scenes and then sometimes when devlin and me is setting together he gets up all of a sudden and stands over me and what he does to me i couldn't tell you if you was to burn me alive but my senses seem to go and i either gets fancies or devlin puts em in my head but when i come to there's devlin settin' before me and he says i'll wager says he that i'll tell you what you've been dreaming of have i been asleep i asks sound he answers and talking in your sleep and he tells me something dreadful that i've said about something that's going to happen and before the week's out it does happen and i read of it in the papers for a long time this has been going on till i've got it in that state that i'd as soon die as live if you don't understand what i'm trying to explain fanny said my poor lemon it ain't my fault it's as dark to me as it is to you sometimes i says to devlin i'll go and warn the police do says devlin and be took up as a accomplice and be follered about all your life like a thief or a murderer go and tell and get yourself hanged or clapped in a madhouse of course i see the sense of that and i keep my mouth shut but i get miserabler and miserabler so the day before yesterday that's friday fanny devlin and me is sitting in the private room of the twisted cow when he asks me whether i've ever been to victoria park and i answers lots of times now fanny said lemon breaking off in his awful confession if you ain't prepared to believe what's coming i'll say no more it'll sound unbelievable but i can't help that things has happened without me having anything to do with em and i'd need to be a sperrit instead of a man to account for em lemon i said i'm prepared to believe everything only don't keep nothing from me i won't said lemon i'll tell you as near and as straight as i can what happened after devlin asked me whether i'd ever been to victoria park his eyes was fixed upon me that strange that i felt my senses slipping away from me it wasn't that things went round so much as they seemed to fade away and become nothing at all was i setting in the private room of the twisted cow i don't know was it day or night i don't know i wouldn't swear to it though the moon was shining through the trees the trees where why in victoria park and no place else and there was a man and a woman a young beautiful woman with golden hair and a bunch of white daisies in her belt talking together how do i know that she's young and beautiful when i didn't see her face that's one of the things i'm unable to answer and i don't see the man's face either 
whether a minute passed or a hour before i heard a shriek i can't say and perhaps it ain't material and upon the shriek there near the water laid the young girl dead with the bunch of white daisies in her belt stained with blood then everything disappeared and trembling and shaking to that degree that i felt as if i must fall to pieces i looked up and round and found myself in the private room of the twisted cow with devlin setting opposite me dreaming again lemon he says with a grin but i don't answer him my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth that's all i know fanny whether i saw what i've told you or was told it or only fancied it is beyond me what i've said is the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth so help me god that's what i heard from lemon's own lips this morning sir upstairs abed where he is laying now with the door locked on him i took off my hat and cloak and lemon burst out crying you believe me fanny he cried i believe every word you said i answered it's no use going to the police station this morning a good friend of ourn is coming to see me to-day and we'll wait and do what he advises us only you must promise to see him and i told him who you was and why i wrote to you on friday before poor lizzie melladew met her death i promise said lemon and you've done right fanny and now sir i've told you everything as i said i would and you know as much as i do about this dreadful business End of chapter 17